0: Welcome everybody. This is Omar Serrata with the Tilted Lawyer Podcast. And we are here to break down and analyze episode two of season two of the Natalia Grace documentary, Natalia Speaks. And in this episode, we are going to break down exactly why was Natalia adopted, what happened, what was the true intentions behind it. We're going to talk about the narrative that was pushed by the Barnettes as part of their grandmaster plan to promote Christine as this expert rehabilitation person of people with mental deficiencies in her attempt to convert Natalia Grace into a genius. We're going to talk about Natalia's experiences, uh, reflecting her heartbreaking journey from her hopeful beginnings to what ultimately became as her becoming abandoned in an empty apartment. But you're going to want to stick around. we got a lot to get to. Let's get started. Whatever you might be going through and wherever you might be, this is Omar Serrato with the Tilted Lawyer Podcast. I'm here to take your mind off of things. Yes, I'm an attorney. No, I'm not giving you legal advice. We're going to sit and talk like people as these are the candid thoughts of one practicing attorney and it's after hours. So have a seat. Feel free to have a drink and join me. Let's get started. Let's talk about episode two. Episode two was titled. I did not do that. I didn't know that was a double um, boom, whatever that was. Um, Episode two was titled for love of money. And it kind of got into like, why would the Barnett's lie about this stuff? Why did they need to re-age her? So let's talk about it. Um, First off. Episode two starts off with the much anticipated showdown between Natalia Grace and Michael Barnett. And they start off with Natalia saying, well, during the gag order, I couldn't talk to Michael at all. So once they lifted that, I want, he reached out and uh, said that he wanted to talk and um, they've, flash to michael and he says i feel like i have to do this to finish this In his michael voice the sensational theatrical show pony um mm-hmm. caricature that he does um and then he says i just want everybody to be happy and heal and in the end i'm not the bad guy and he says something effective the bad guy would not be here today so he wants everybody to give him props for being there which um you know <laughs> all right i'll give him props good for you good for you um Bishop Antoine Manns shows up with Natalia. And, and Eliana. I don't know what your religious affiliations are. And for the listeners out there, it doesn't matter what your religious affiliations are. Um, But a wise man once told me uh, that if you want to know who the fake Christians are, or you want to identify the fakest Christian in the room, then you should look to the person that prays the loudest. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And
0: that logic goes to a parable in the Bible where Jesus is talking about uh, three different people going into uh, this, the temple to pray. One of them was a tax collector and he's very humble and God, I am a sinner and he beats his chest. And there's one other guy in Pharisee and he's talking about all of the stats. I've been doing all of this and giving all of that. And I deserve this. And then Jesus says something to the effect of uh, the last guy is the one you want to watch out for. Um, Mm -hmm. But that parable came to mind when I saw this Bishop Antoine man, he shows up with Natalia to the production and um, he's giving her some kind of a pep talk uh, with a very odd, loud mouthed prayer. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, if I'm bringing my my child to something like that, if it were me, if it were me, if there were prayers to be had, it would be in the car when it's just me and my child. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I don't need the production company out there seeing it. I don't need everybody to hear me doing that or see how pious or righteous or whatever connection I think I have to God. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. doing that in private, but that is not limited to prayer. You know, my daughter is playing soccer. The most important things I ever said to her were just between me and her. It was on the ride home. I don't need to say it in front of all of the uh, other soccer parents. It's, you know, this is for you. And this is specifically for you. Um, because if you do it out loud, you know, it brings attention to yourself and you lose a lot of the stuff, a lot of the, the uh, uh, genuineness of the moment. So Michael, he's literally standing in the doorway giving this loudmouth prayer. Um, It just gave me pause to look at him sideways for a minute or two. Um, Terrence Kennard is there to give his two cents about what he thought of uh, the bishop. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, Terrence Kennard, whatever you think of him, the guy is a blowhard. And he's there, and when he's in the room and he talks, he wants everybody to know that he's talking the same way that the bishop is. And so you got these two gentlemen that are opposed, and Bishop is going to put on the bigger performances as the new adoptive father of Natalia. And, you know, you got his attorney. um, He's like, who in the F is this guy? And he's just explaining how odd it is that the bishop is talking about Jesus and all of this kind of stuff. And then, as you recall, the bishop gets upset because— Um, Michael is cursing and he says, Hey, you will watch your language Mm -hmm. and all of this kind of stuff. And then it kind of just blows up. But Terrence, the attorney for Michael, he's got two objectives. Make sure Michael doesn't say anything stupid that leaves him culpable to civil Mm -hmm. liability. That's why I was there. Um, And if you look at the showdown, number one and showdown, number two, there was very specifically things that Michael was not going to talk about um because, you know, instructions of his attorney. So that's why Terence is there. Um, there's this awkward initial silence when they first sit down. And Natalia goes, So why are we here, Michael? And then says, if you're talking philosophically, and he gives this weird thing. Oh, um, God. <laughs> you know. Um, but what struck me like in the production, if you go back and you listen to the face-off, like Natalia's like, So why are we here, Michael? And then she's not on camera anymore. Then you just hear this. Why? I still wonder, is like, did they impose that in there for dramatic effect? Or did she really just let out this weird, awkward why Uh, to show her disdain or frustration with Michael? I don't know. Um, Again, disappointment with the production choices and they just kind of cut. They don't, uh, they, they lead the episode with that. And then they go into the financial motivations. Introduction to uh, Brandon Davenport. Um, who was a lead detective. He was first contacted in 2019. He says documents didn't add up as to who they were talking to. Um, He explains that Natalia was living with the mans at the time. She had an ID card saying that she was an adult. And even though she was very clearly a child, um, he talks about lies that were pushed on Natalia. He said that the world should know uh, that she is a child. And this is the detective talking. Um, He speaks to the Barnett's motive and he just kind of just blunts, bluntly states money and power. Um, influence wanted to pretend like everything was picture perfect. He flashed to Christine that she's making this TV appearance. Michael alleged that Christine thought that she had turned her son into a genius. So, this is the plan. Jackie Starbuck, the prosecutor, talks about Christine's plan. And she explained that by adopting a special needs child, she could show that she could do this again. So she did this with Jacob, her genius son. Um, Now she was gonna do it with Natalia. She was writing a book at the time. Um, But then when Natalia didn't turn out the way that she wanted because she didn't have genius level proclivities, um, well, I mean, it wasn't gonna fit her narrative. And so therefore, um, you know, everything was just starting to fall apart. Let's talk about The Spark. Um, The Spark was the book that Christine wrote that was Mm -hmm. specifically talking about the academic success of her son, Jacob. Here's the timeline of events. The Barnett's adopt Natalia in 2010. Christine signs this book deal in 2011. She was advanced $600,000 for the book. Good for her. Um, The book is published in 2013. The entire time Natalia is a part of the Barnett's family household Christine's working really hard to maintain her image. Um there was a movie deal in the works. Michael talks about her having a web presence where she was influencing people, um, having like these phone call sessions, I guess. Uh people asking for parental help and she was charging them money. She made like $145,000 doing that just her phone calls. Uh, She talked about getting a $60,000 loan to advance her business uh, to a friend. Uh, She also talked about a non-refundable $35,000 payment that she had received um, as a result of the things that she was doing. Um, And in a court deposition, Michael explains that in 2023, Christine, he talks about the $600,000 advance. um, And that he didn't have any knowledge of any of the residuals because at that time they were separated. But it wasn't just $600,000 she made money off the residuals as well. So, and, you know, maybe close to seven figures, maybe more. I don't know. Um, they brought in Jacob Barnett, the gen- the genius, the boy wonder. What did you think of Jacob? Mm-hmm. Do you remember him in the first season? Like him kind of as a child. Yeah. And then he kind of gave some statements. Yeah. What did you think about Jacob or what he had to say? I
1: mean, poor thing. He looked traumatized. <laughs> um, I don't know. He he looked traumatized to me. He looked like he has gone through a lot. Um, I just think he's probably just another victim of his parents. Well, um, remember when he
0: said that I was supposed to get like two hundred thousand dollars, and oh, I got that's nothing.
1: That's true. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. And like you remember Christine's explanation parents- why? Because she spent that money so we could go to school in Canada. And then he's like, you know what? At that point, mm-hmm. I just hung up on her. Could you imagine exactly. what a what an, uh, an ambition—hold on, let me get rid of this. Uh, could you imagine what a roadblock it would have been to your ambition if you were 18 years old and you thought you were going to get $200,000 because your mom had told you that? And then she says, oh, just kidding. I spent that money so you could That's- go to school in Canada. Like, I'm sure you could get over that, but it might set you back a couple of years because, I mean— you know depression and things um i don't know he, he he doesn't seem well adjusted to that fact at all he's still kind of trying to make sense of it all and he's a very a juvenile adolescent in his thoughts and his processes but you know there's that aside to it um beth mm-hmm. karis legal analyst chimes in she says in 2019 years after she got rid of natalia christine is reaching out to numerous people to help so, mind you, in the book, The Spark, there was multiple versions of it. In the first versions, there was mention of Natalia and, you know, her being raised, her, her, her tale of having special needs and her progress and all this kind of stuff. And the final cut of the book that was released, I think, in 13 or 14, no mention of Natalia. She's completely scrapped mm-hmm. from the book. In 2019, Beth Karras' – not Beth Karras' – Christine's business – She's in the business of rehabilitating children. She has this image. She's the author of the book, The Spark. There's this um, movie that was in the works. There was an actress that was going to play her likeness. Um, She's taking um, calls from prospective people looking for advice from her. She's like this parenting guru. You want your son to be, you want your son or daughter to be a genius? Then follow what I did. And she's charging money for it. And so back in 2019, long after, you know, uh, Natalia had been long gone from the house. Um, she is reaching out. Um, there was a, a text message where I'm writing to you to join the international campaign to end the use of seclusion, restraint, physical, and verbal abuse of children with disabilities. She literally, as an advertisement. Um, and she happens to be accused of all of those things by Natalia in this documentary of various points in the documentary. Um, and then they uh, flashed to Freddie Gill. You remember Freddie Gill? He was. My
1: name. I'm not good by the names. But he's the little person like, that she was having an affair
0: with back in season one. Oh, yes. yeah. So he returns yes, in season two um, and Freddie Gill jumps on and she specifically asked Freddie Gill for his help because he was a leader in that community. Um, and then Freddie's like, uh, you know, um, I mean, I guess, and he's just kind of opining on that. Um, but she had big plans for Natalia. He was, so her deal was this. She was going to use Natalia's disability to make money, mm-hmm. saying that I did this with Jacob, and now here's this other little girl that I've taken in by my good graces, and because of my parenting proclivities, I'm going to turn her into a genius. It just didn't work out. But that was her meal mm-hmm. ticket. She was financially motivated. Why did she adopt Natalia, it was financially motivated. It's fitting a oh, yes. narrative. She was there, you know, to buy an accessory. She was not there to sacrifice herself for the betterment of a child. That would have been the DePaul's seemingly. Mm-hmm. So that's what Natalia uh, got herself into when she was adopted by the Barnetts. Um, They talk about Natalia's experience with the Barnets, And she said that when I was first adopted by them, um, I was happy and similar to the chaconis you know so she's kind of resigning herself okay the chaconis thing is over maybe the Barnett's are going to be my real adoptive parents and i'm going to be happier find a measure of happiness out of all of this mm-hmm. so she first gets to the home she remembers that christine and michael had both showed her around took her to her room there was this huge dollhouse and a big princess bed they're waiting for us they showed her in. to uh, she was particularly excited about a walk-in closet that she was going to have she says that the Barnett's had lowered all of the shelves for her so she could get to things and um, you know it was accommodating she was so happy there was a park across the, uh, the street uh, there was she was going to go to school they enrolled her into first grade um, and she was excited because she had wanted to go to school for as long as she could remember she loved going to school and um, they talked to some of the faculty. All right. So Christine's whole plan was she was going to make Natalia a genius. So the Barnett start pushing this narrative that Natalia's really smart, um, and that she's reading all of these advanced books. Um, but when the detective he follows up on these claims and. Um, He speaks to Natalia's former first grade teacher. Um, And this is what she said. She says she acted like she belonged. I talked to her like she was in a first grade. She seemed like a normal first grader. She was not exceptionally smart. She was an average first grader, which I was probably an average first grader. Um, Eliana, have you ever spoken at an elementary school?
1: Yes, I have.
0: So not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago or a year ago, I gave like this a speech, not a speech. I don't even remember what I was doing, but I was speaking at an elementary school. Um, oh, it was like a career day or something like that. I was doing a favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was speaking with, I spoke to third graders, second graders, first graders. And let me just tell you, um, first graders are something else. And it's like, they have the, t- the, <laughs> the attention span of like a gnat. Like I was literally telling them, oh, I'm a lawyer and this is what I do. And it's like, hey, do you think that gingerbread cookies are delicious? (laughs) Just these random questions. (laughs) And then one kid was like, you look like my grandpa. It's like, well, thank you. Oh, my. For that, um, just all over the place. And so the fact to me that this first grade teacher is is, um, lumping her into that it means a little more if you've seen the difference between a first grade and a second grade class. Second graders are a little more, um, you know, a bigger attention span, I would say. But, you know, the first graders on the kindergarten's nurse, oh, forget it. I could have just been, you know, oh, invisible. Yeah. Like they were just doing their own their own things. Like, why why am I even here? Um, and by the way, the the patience that those teachers have to oh yes. exhibit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you
1: gotta, you gotta be born for that uh, Yeah. Type of a uh, role.
0: <laughs> do you remember in the documentary when they were, they had this video of Natalia reading from a cosmopolitan magazine?
1: Yes, I do. I remember that part.
0: And then it was like, oh, look, she's reading this adult article in cosmopolitan. What would you say that the grade level is of the writing in cosmopolitan magazine? I've never read it. Um, high school well, level college level
1: I I guess high school level but then at the same time like there's kids that are better at reading than others (laughs) um so well that makes a difference
0: when I was seven years old um I remember for Christmas I got like a set of books and the books was like, it was Robinson Crusoe and Wuthering Heights and all of these uh, flowers in the attic. And I was reading those books. Um, but I don't remember it being like all that impressive. I was like, you know, I mean, I could read. It, it wasn't like a huge yeah. sign of like genius that I was able to read no. and comprehend these things. And Cosmopolitan, I don't think was at the level of, um, I don't know, uh, Mark Twain. I mean,
1: it- no no i mean the, the wording uh it, it's considered i guess adult because it has it has adult subjects but when it comes to like the words that they use it's pretty i don't know well you know the detective said he
0: was, he was like uh i mean anyone can memorize a freaking article and so Exactly. christine yeah Probably gave her this articles here read this over and over and over again and you know goes over and practices and so she could perform uh, The act of reading this article out loud for others to marvel at her genius Mm -hmm. And it seems just like you know a magician's tool chest that Christine was trying to perpetrate on Natalia Um, Gateway woods identified that Natalia's abilities and this is going back to the original adoption agency uh were very similar to the asia that they believe that she was oh i could hear your baby in the background
1: oh yes let me see i think she woke
0: up oh she sounds very agitated agitated yes. ag- aggravated,
1: aggravated. <laughs> oh not too much that's her that's her like
0: general existence
1: just... yeah like she's trying to talk to you up. yes like hey mom <laughs> <laughs> i'm here <laughs> Let me get her real quick.
0: All right, I'll pause so you can get situated.
1: Please, thank you. Hello, baby. Oh, yes. Let's go this way. I know. Let's go downstairs. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm hungry. That's all. Oh. You sounds so contested.
0: Uh, this going around, I'm, I'm kind of congesting myself. And I know that you are. As soon as I called you on the phone, I was like, oh, she got something for sure.
1: Yes, yeah, so it started like yesterday afternoon. The symptoms, I'm like, great. Like, just the last thing that I needed.
0: But Dominic, what do you think about this Woodford Reserve with the Diet Coke? How's that grabbing you? Good. It's not bad, isn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it taste like a... It tastes like a... Like a frappuccino or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I guess we can continue. You might hear her.
0: I'm gonna she's fine. She'll just <laughs> accentuate whatever. It's fine. <laughs> She'll um,
1: just probably laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So Because
1: my husband is uh in a meeting right now. Oh
0: no worries he about that. Soon, but... Let's uh let us proceed. Um but anyway, Gatewood Gateway Woods they had talked about Natalia's abilities. They said they were very similar to Asia that they had believed that she was. Um, They said that she might have been able to handle second grade, Gateway Woods, but they just felt that first grade was more appropriate, which is where they put her, which would have jived with her age at the time. Um, So Christine decides to take her out of school. Why did she decide to do that? Um, They interviewed the principal of Natalia's elementary school. And this is what he had to say. He said... In in his eyes, um, the only things that were odd about Natalia were the times that she had interacted with her parents. And he noted that the only reason why that was something of note was because he felt that they were really mean with her. Um, and they brought that up to Christine and she flipped out. And her response to that was to pull her out of the school and uh, she was gonna be homeschooled now. That was their solution. So Natalia did not get a chance to say goodbye to her friend. She made a very big, you know, statement of that in in her interview. Um, and this was all because of phone calls that they were getting. There were some allegations that Natalia was running over people with her wheelchair. <laughs> which I don't think you have to be a sociopath to do that. You could do that on accident, especially mm-hmm. if you're first grade level trying to navigate gosh man my my uh <laughs> my three and four year olds five and six i remember uh, my my eldest when she was six they're just like a. they're all elbows and knees man they're clumsy yeah they run into people and, and so it, if she's in a wheelchair it, it stands to reason she's probably going to run over a couple of feet here and there um but that's nothing really to sneeze home about um Neither the teacher nor the principal mentioned anything behavioral regarding Natalia. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they pulled her out, she was homeschooled. And do you remember um, the name of the homeschool? It was Homeschool at Barnett Academy. I don't know if the Barnetts created that or if it was like a thing, but that was the name of the school. Um, Interestingly, Michael filed a police report. Why did he file a police report? I don't know. I imagine it was probably uh, some level of domestic violence allegation against Christine. But he files a police report alleging fraud because Christine passed Jacob in Japanese, even though he couldn't speak a word of it. Mm -hmm. So you remember those transcripts? So it was like, oh, he gets an A in Arabic. Um, One of the classes was spaghetti making it's like yes that is wild that's the move i mean if you're trying to get your kid into college you just want them to have a high gpa just make up your own Mm homeschool, and just give them hey you get your aced in arabic you know who cares 4.8 gpa get them into ucla that's how nuts the the uh, collegiate system is nowadays but that's what they did they did that for jacob um uh, yeah, she literally gave him an A in making spaghetti. Well, I mean, according to Michael, if you believe him or not. Um, they showed Jacob's transcripts. He got an A in Arabic. Um, and Michael says he had no ability to speak it whatsoever. They gave him an A plus in piano. And Michael's like, we didn't have a piano. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, the, the transcript was ridiculous. Um, interestingly, nobody's disputing that Jacob was a was a, was a genius. Um, There was like, I want to say it was like Dateline Report did like a a piece on this boy, Jacob, about his uh, proclivities in physics. And we're, you know, I mean, he's legitimately a genius, but even so, Christine's over here doctoring his transcripts. So I'd imagine when she thought that she was going to get Natalia homeschooled, she was going to, uh, you know, pull the same kind of stunt. Oh, she gets A plus and everything. And look at my... uh, Look, my techniques work. I produce geniuses. You want to make your kid a genius? Hey, you. you will give me five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And you know, she oh it was her business model. I mean it <laughs> works. People are it literally is. paying yeah, her. So good for her. But um you know. So they uh where to leave off. She just takes her out of school the, the barnet. Um okay, so mm-hmm. according to Christine According to Christine, she claimed that Natalia could pass the GED. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not certain that I could pass the GED exam right now. Like if I had to study, well, if mm-hmm. I didn't, if I, if I didn't have the ability to study, I just had to take it a right now. I'm not confident that I would be able to pass it because mm-hmm. I don't remember math. So.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm thinking the same thing. I've,
0: I've literally passed the California State Bar, the hardest <laughs> exam in the land of of anything, right? Um, I'm not confident that I could pass the GED without studying to some degree. Just if I had to take a cold, I don't know. But Christine is mentioning that Natalia could pass the GED if she wanted to. She would have been six or seven at the time. Um, she literally believed. I don't know if she literally believed this, but she was telling everybody that would listen that she turned Jacob into a genius. And that was her plan with Natalia. But Natalia didn't fit that narrative because she just wasn't genius level smart and nobody is i'm not um i've i have met very few people that would fit that narrative this leads us to the second pepper spray incident so natalia states when she was 6 or 7 so either in 2009 or 2010 she says christine gave me a physics paper she didn't know what she was doing because it's physics and physics is not you know, it's not like doing algebra. It's it's a it's it's mm-hmm. a different thing. Um, she says, Chris, she she tells Christine that I don't know what I'm doing, and then Christine says, "You know this? You do know what you're doing." And then she got really upset with her. Um, because Natalia didn't know physics, and then she says, "All right, if you can't do this, pepper spray to the face." And then Natalia, you know. Dr- dramatizes the event, not dramatizes and she didn't experience it, but you know, the, the productive, um, dramatic Mm -hmm. effect of everything. And, um, you know, she says she couldn't wash her eyes and how it really hurt. And she goes in this whole thing. Christine was supposed to love me. She was supposed to be my mom and all of this stuff. And, you know, the whole production decisions that they made on all of that. Um, they go in to talk about that. Christine's plan failing. Natalia is not a genius and what's worse is she is becoming a money pit. The whole reason that Mm Christina's is doing this for financial gain is falling by the wayside because, Hey, um, Natalia has a lot of medical needs. She needed surgeries uh, for her medical problems. Specifically, she had one surgery on her feet and I think, they had mentioned in the uh, documentary that they needed to loosen up her Achilles. So they had to basically sever it so that she could move her foot around, which is, you know, counterproductive to regular folks. Mm-hmm. But for her, she couldn't move her foot. The solution was cut up her Achilles um, so she could move her foot around. Um, she required aside from the surgeries, Natalia talks about how she needed special shoes. Um, And they they filmed a video of her shoes and they cost like $30,000. She talks about how on the nights after surgery, she required pain medication and she would always call out to Christine because that's supposed to be her mom. Christine would never bring her the medication. Michael would end up doing it at, at certain points. There was a court deposition with Michael Barnett on March 20th, where he was asked, were you ever specifically told by the adoption agency that Natalia may require surgeries And he said, no, I honestly don't know if that's an incorrect statement or not, because the surgeries is different from, Hey, do you know that she has this condition? Um, Mm -hmm. It's plausible that nobody told him like what that condition would require going forward. Plausible, but I haven't seen the entirety of the medical records. And Michael has lied about a lot of this stuff. And so who could believe him on anything?
1: I mean, I will imagine that if you're, adopting someone and you already know that they have um some specific uh medical needs i mean it was obvious by looking at her that you would do a little bit of research
0: yeah and the reason you would do your homework on that and figure out that oh this is not going to be just like i'm going to raise a kid like it's a pet chihuahua Mm
1: -hmm. exactly (laughs) even those are expensive (laughs)
0: yeah and and so Interestingly, they, they pointed out that because of the reaging process, the doctors were unsure, really, of how to treat her. Do we treat this young lady as if she's an adult? Because she had been reaged at that point. Or do we treat her as if she's a child? Because the treatment paths are different for each. But the Barnett's perpetrating this this reaging process kind of just threw that into a tailspin. so, for all we know, it might have made her... Um, symptoms worse because she wasn't being maybe she was being treated as an adult as opposed to being a child I don't know but it, it played a role into it fast forward to Veronica Maxwell the retired FBI agent it wasn't abundantly clear why she was involved in all and mind yeah,
1: you I was, <laughs>
0: she presents as a, she's a retired FBI so this wasn't like official the FBI investigated anything mm-hmm. She's doing this of her own accord. And because they did not specify specific federal charges against the Barnets, I got to believe that she was probably hired after the fact to look into all of this stuff. And so Mm -hmm. take that as you may with a grain of salt. Um, But her opinion was that there was a point where the Barnett's determined that Natalia was getting to be a bit much, a financial burden, you know, um, probably had behavioral issues because she had been through a lot. Jesus. And um, they cut from Veronica. And they start talking about Natalia. Natalia's talking about the demeanor of Christine. She says Christine is always yelling about something. Um, she mentioned that when she started saying that Christine started saying that Natalia was taking stuff from the boys, you know, like cars, hot wheels or whatever. And you, you know what? I got a three and a four year old. They take stuff from each other all the time. It's like, a, that is my aerial dress. That is my mermaid. That is my microphone. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always a fight about it. I'm starting to get to the yeah. point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to start making arm wrestling over things, <laughs> constantly fighting over everything. So the fact that Natalia, Christine is mentioning that Natalia is taking things from the boys is not anything significant, but this sticks out in Natalia's mind. Um, There was a flashback in the documentary about Michael. There was an interview from 2019 where he starts dramatizing it. He says that Natalia was taking things from the boys that were important to them. Hot Wheels, Ninja Turtles, whatever. He would, she would take them and then throw them in the streets and in Michael's mind, so that the boys could get run over by the incoming cars. That was his allegation. Natalia says, <laughs> I never took anything. Um, Barnett's neighbor, the, the the fake tan spray one, uh, mm-hmm. said that she wasn't there when she did. Oh, I don't think this was. This is one of the Barnett's neighbors. Um, they weren't nameless, but they said that they weren't there for stuff that she did, but she heard about it from the boys. Um, Natalia says that she treated the boys normally. And with her, um, like she always, and with her, it was like she always did something wrong. Um, And then the uh, general conclusion of the documentary was that Christine was trying to hide Natalia from the world. So they mentioned that the spark, the book that Christine had written, written and published while Natalia was part of the family, in the initial drafts, it talked about Natalia. But the final book took all mentions of her adoption, dwarfism, and Natalia herself out of the book entirely, completely. So there was this concerted effort um, argued by the documentary that Christine was trying to get rid of Natalia. Um, They support that by fast forwarding to an event where they try to go across the street to the park. Natalia remembers that she was in a stroller and the boys were, you know, outside of the stroller they put a blanket over her. The boys got to play at the park when she was stuck in there, and then somebody had come come by to ask um, if she wanted to play as well. And then Christine said she was sleeping. And Talia's like, "I'm not asleep. I'm awake. I want to play," um, and she wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, you know, have you ever done the 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 blanket over the stroller thing with your child? Yeah. Not
1: too much because she doesn't like it. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, my yeah, kids mean, don't know, like it when either. She's
1: sleeping okay, but when they're awake, they want to see everything. <laughs> yeah, they pull
0: the blanket off or whatever, and yeah, it, it's my my kids did the same thing. Um, Rachel Ambler chimed in again, and she says that she definitely noticed a difference in Christine with Natalia in the way that she would treat the boys. Um, she f- said that she felt like she was locking herself in the house with Natalia, trying to fix her. Uh, make her like Christine wanted. Um, There were talks about Christine trying to make Natalia look like an adult. Now this kind of speaks to more nefarious allegations about Christine, perhaps trying to set up Natalia with dates with the guy that she was having an affair with, or perhaps other little people, or I don't know. There was this whole weird um, sexual assault, angle to all of this that was not really explored in depth by the documentary Natalia herself never specifically accused um, Michael of anything matter of fact the one time uh, where it was suggested um, by um, that one guy um, that Christine had an affair with that she was having sexual relations with Michael Natalia flat out denied it and I think that, do you recall when the first interview with Michael, when they gave him that laptop and he's like, I'm not looking at that. Do you want me to throw it across the room? And then the producer's like, please don't do that. Just oh, could you yeah. Not? Yeah. I feel like <laughs> pro- they're trying to play for him the allegation that Michael was having sex with Natalia. Um, Natalia herself never made that allegation. Um, I think that that allegation didn't even come from Christine. That came from, uh, what was that guy's name again? Um, I can't remember what his name I, was Jeffrey something. Uh,
1: either, I guess.
0: Yeah, but it came from that guy. And he says that he heard that from Christine. What to make of that? I don't know. I just know this. That Natalia, throughout seasons or, or episodes one through six, never made sexual assault allegations against the Barnettes. That wasn't a thing. That was third party allegations that came about as a result of people that were associated with the Barnettes. And so take from that what you what you will. Um, but that wasn't coming from Natalia. There was suggestions that maybe that was going on because Christine was trying to dress her up like an adult. There was some insinuation that was because she's trying to set her up with dates. Um, with uh actually, you know what, I think Natalia did make kind of reference to that. About her trying to be set up with uh, to to be set up on dates with other folks. Yes. But I think those are in episodes yes, three and four. That did not come about in episode two. We're going to get into that in episodes three and four. She didn't make mention of that, but she said specifically that nothing sexual happened to her. But she did say that she was getting prepped for that. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. The FBI agent chimes in. And she talks about that. She opined that the Barnett's we're looking for a disabled child to groom a certain way. And what she says was that Natalia would perpetuate the idea that she was older so she could live independently and that this was the best case scenario if Natalia was saying it because it allows the uh, Barnett's to save face, specifically Christine. It's like, hey, I tried to adopt a special needs child, but it was actually an adult um, and the problem with the FBI agents was that she didn't really give any insights into any of the investigations that she did. She just made like these conclusory yeah. statements based on mm-hmm. what? I have no idea. She didn't really show her work. And so I don't really know what to make of the FBI agent in this episode anyway.
1: i like just <coughs> right in there. It's like a little bit of extra information and then that that was it like it didn't make much sense to me
0: well that led us to the showdown oh the big showdown do you remember the showdown so they started the episode with this michael versus natalia finally they're going to talk after all of these things had happened and um you know they cut through all of that to get through all of the stuff and try to expose this was christine's plan and all of the stuff and they focused really on christine's um attempt uh, to profit off of Natalia didn't work out because she didn't fit the narrative, whatever. So fast forward, here we are. It's the showdown. And they start, Michael is sitting in a chair, Natalia is sitting in a chair, and they give that very theatrical, um, when Natalia's like, why? Um, they preface that with a question. Natalia was like, uh, Michael, why did you guys adopt me? And then the, the produced, like they infusion it in, Why? And it's very difficult to know what specifically was said because it's so overproduced. And even, you know, they're saying that Michael's cursing. You don't get any of that in the documentary. like So it's like super hyper edited. Um, I would have loved to see the uncut version of all of that without all of the production. Um, But this is what we had. So the first thing out of Michael's mouth, if you believe that it went down like this uh, with the production team... He says that I've learned recently that you and I have the same monster. Let's put this in perspective. Natalia was born in the Ukraine, 2003 given up for adoption by her biological mother. The day that she was born spent the first four or five years of her life up until about 2008 in the Ukrainian orphanage where she was severely traumatized and uh, probably sexually assaulted, as we'll learn in subsequent episodes. Um, she's adopted by the Chaconis. The Chaconis give her up because she's not getting along with the, 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 the adopted uh, sibling. Um, she was going to go with the DePaul's, and that didn't work out because the Chaconis thought that the DePaul's had prompted a CPS investigation into them. So the DePaul's are out. The Barnett's go into it. If you believe Natalia's accounts of it, she spends the whole time there— with them trying to convince her that you're not a seven-year-old little girl. You're actually 22. You're going to tell everybody that. She's pepper pepper sprayed at least twice in the face. If you believe all of the allegations in the documentary, she's been beaten with belts, with elbows, with closed fists, with open hands, with forearms, or anything else they could use to beat her with. Um, She has been probably um, paraded for potential sexual assault, if not outright sexual assault. Um, She was left if you believe season one um, out in the dark, in the cold after midnight, because of her failure to obey certain things. Um, she has been severely abused. And then in 2013, not, not not to mention stripped of her childhood, she's changed from age eight to 22. Um, when that, when goes down, she goes to live with the mans for 10 years. She doesn't know how old she is. She has to go through his DNA analysis to figure it all out. Um, you have to go through her dentist records and all of these things to, to, before she finally comes to the realization that I'm actually the age I always thought I was because I know that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's been my life experience. So here she is. All of these things have happened to her. Um, Christine would be the the provocateur of her abuse. Michael would have been charged with the duty of protecting her from the abuse. He never did. And we'll talk about those, about that in episode five and six. But she's gone through all of these things. And Michael leads off the interview that we have the same monster. (laughs) He says, we are here because we both were incredible victims of an otherworldly type of abuse. And then at that point, it kind of just awkwardly points at Natalia, asks Michael not to cuss. But she did it like in this, in this aggressive way that was similar to what the bishop was coaching her to do during that overly yeah. aggressive, all for show prayer that he did in the doorway mm-hmm. of the house where they're about to do the interview. And so I don't really fault her for that. I feel like she was coached to do that, or yeah. at least prepped, you know, pumped up to be aggressive with Michael. Um, but she asked him not to cuss. She says, first, Please don't curse. Second, what do you mean that you were a victim? And then Michael's like, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. And he says, you want to elaborate? <laughs> and then Michael's like, yeah, I will. You want to give me a second to do it? It's like, wow, this effing guy, man. <laughs> and so, okay, if I'm a dad, if I'm a dad, if anybody were to talk to one of my daughters that way, um, I would, I would jump in but not for religious reasons because my daughter, well, I mean, the eldest is 17, but the three and four year old, obviously I'm a dad. Um, I understand the need to jump in, but literally he says this like kind of snarky. You want to give me a second to get to it? And then, you know, um, he says, this is not easy. I have the same monster that you do. I was exceptionally controlled and put down and threatened And minimalized. Um, And that was who I was. Uh, Christine ripped into me. I was instructed into being exactly what she wanted me to be. And then he's like, you know how he talks. He's like very theatrical. Mm -hmm. He's very over the top. His voice, his mannerisms, all of it coming together. He's on full performance mode. He is performing for the camera. And then Antoine steps up. The Bishop Antoine, you know, the good bishop of the church of whatever church he's in. Um, And he says that we should respect God in this house. Uh, This is not the place to cuss. And then Terrence, the attorney, says, now, hold on a minute there, Bishop. And he um, defends Michael. He's trying to calm down Antoine. And then they get into this whole argument about whether or not there should be cursing involved. And then uh, Terrence is like. I wouldn't ask you not to be a Christian any more than you should ask us to be uh, to 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 use foul language, and it just kind of snowballs from there. And then Michael throws a tantrum, and he says that I tried, I tried, and he says it over and over and over again. And then he goes, cries to he goes to cry literally outside. He gets in his car and he drives away. Um, there was this confrontation where Antoine is chasing him outside of the house um and he's like don't you come near me and all this kind of stuff and it just and natalia's in the house crying it's just this huge dramatic event and um it didn't have to go that way but that's the way that the first meeting went so what did you think about all of that eleana
1: well (laughs) the first thing that infuriated me was when michael there to compare whatever he went through with Christine, being like the same level as Natalia, like being the same victim or, I mean, he didn't specify that he had the same, I guess, level of trauma, but he insinuated it. And I was like, really, like, how dare you to compare what you went through with what natalia went through isn't
0: that weird like um, i mean imagine like you got this little girl that's been through all of this stuff and then he dares to say i was a victim too and he doesn't even lead with natalia's trauma he leads with his own
1: he that's his personality like you can tell it's all about him 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 and he is that type that he's not gonna recognize that he did something wrong yeah um he's gonna turn himself into the victim and what better way do it and to say that oh yeah i'm a victim too and if you see whenever they're talking whenever natalia asks to specify to elaborate a little bit more he always has a way of just answering something else like he doesn't give a straight answer um i don't know Uh, i don't know what's the name for it but i know like there's a lot of people that are like that and narcissistic
0: I guess (laughs) well there's the Uh, confrontation he has no problem being confrontational with Natalia oh no No. and you saw like in the videos in season one about when he's going there after Natalia had called that CPS worker about she didn't have any food or whatever and then he goes there with a video camera and says look at all of the food that I brought you look at all this food in the refrigerator and then he's like kind of like berating this little Mm -hmm. girl who's supposed to be 22 we had a lot of things to say yeah. about that. Um, but with Christine. He's a showman. Yeah, with Christine. <laughs> I'll say this. I have no doubt, I have no doubt that Michael was probably in an abusive relationship with Christine. And oh, yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like um, he was a victim in many regards. He was certainly not a protector to Natalia. And to be fair. A lot of Natalia's allegations about the abuse stem from her interactions with Christine, not really from Michael, other than Michael just failed to protect her. I do give Michael credit for at the very least showing up to the documentary to, I guess, speak his piece as um, off-putting as it was for him to sit there um, and, and exclaim that he's the real victim in all of this. Um, you know, I mean, it takes a little bit of it, it takes a certain level of courage to do that. And so good on him for doing that. But just the way that it devolved. And like I said, at the very beginning of the episode, um, who's the person that you need to watch out for in the Christian church? It's the person that prays the loudest. And Bishop, like that whole spectacle of how he did that. Um, it I mean, know knowing what I know now about. What has unfolded since? I have very specific opinions about Antoine. When the show was unfolding, when I was watching it the first time, you know, I was kind of in his corner. I kind of was like, okay, so maybe he's over the top, but he's trying to be protective of Natalia. I get it. You know, this is an opportunity, and the guy that's been perpetrating all of this abuse on her is sitting right there. If I was dad, I could see wanting to be confrontational. But, you know, I'm not sure if it was all of that. or or if that's what he was doing or not, but it was over the top when they had their second showdown face to face back in season six or episode six, um, neither, uh, Terrence nor Antoine were there to unravel the whole thing. So they actually did get a, a, a talk. Um, but yeah, Antoine was uh, a little over the top. Michael was over the top. His attorney being there was over the top. And so nothing really came of all of that. Um, I will say this. Ileana, what? Now, the mans Mm
1: -hmm.
0: have like 11 children. Most of them are adopted. Yes. And you know, as an attorney that deals in adoption, that adoptive families oftentimes collect significant finances for the care of those children. Um, What's your experience with that in the state of California?
1: Well, of course, they do get, like you said, that financial help. And then there's a lot of people that basically make that their job, adopting children and living off of the financial help that the government gives them for uh, doing the adoption. And when I saw the man's family, that's what I thought they were, one of those families that live off adopting children, because it's a pretty, I mean, it's in the thousands that you receive for each child. Um, It's like a a full time job income for each child, the more you get more money. And I mean, I don't think you need, unless you have a special needs uh, child, you probably can take care of that child with less than half of what you receive. Um, from the
0: state so. well so like with Natalia Michael in episode six talks about he was like taking her Antoine was taking her disability checks her food stamps and all those kinds of things but if you wanted to make it a career to be an adoptive parent that's certain there's certainly folks out there that do that they're adopting you know to take care of the child but they also get money for it now Natalia presumably was probably handsomely paid for this documentary and then at the end of oh, episode yeah. six, we get into you know Terrence or not Terrence, Antoine calling into the production company. You know, weeks before this is about to release, this whole ninety mm-hmm. second aside about how Natalia is kind of like she's lost, she's lost it, and she's kind of she's crazy, she's a sociopath, she only cares about anything, only cares about herself, and basically tries to sabotage the whole documentary. And a lot of people in the comments were speculating, why would he do that? Like, if you were just a disappointed yeah. parent, you're not like trying to ruin her whole life. But he made a point to basically try to sabotage the production, which leads me to believe that there was some financial interest um in all of this and in his involvement in all of this. Um, and it, you know, I mean, we're gonna explore a lot more in episode six. I'm just saying that I got some questions about the mans and their true intentions and what's actually going on. And you had noticed you had' mentioned I hadn't seen this,, uh, but this morning, I guess, um, you had mentioned that Antoine had come out with a statement about Natalia. Um, what was that about?
1: Yes, that um, they're in good terms. Um, I think it was the the mom that spoke that they're in good terms, that they're in communication, that they're not living together. Apparently, Natalia is living with off with some friends, but that everything is good uh, between them. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, Natalia at this point is an adult, so. Yeah. I found it a little bit odd that she continued to live with them um, after a, uh, a certain age uh, with all those children in there. Um, but, yeah, that's the, what I read this morning um, regarding the men's and the relationship with Natalia.
0: I mean, I don't blame her, though. I mean, you know, it's expensive to yeah. live out on your own. She's got uh, it
1: is
0: limited ability to uh, make money, I, I, I assume. Uh, That she's um, earning money from these documentaries, she started a GoFundMe. She was asking for like twenty thousand dollars to uh, try to start her life or put a down payment on a house or something. Um, That was a couple of days ago, um, which I don't blame her for doing that. And look, I don't look. I'm not saying that Natalia is a saint. I'm not saying that she's without blame. I'm not selling. I'm not saying that one hundred percent of everything that has come out of her mouth is truthful. I'm just saying that. She is alive and she's at least, you know, 22 years old and she has mm-hmm. to find a way to get by. Same as everybody else. And the deck of cars that she was handed um, wasn't very good. And she's gone through a significant mm-hmm. amount of trauma and she, here she is in her early twenties. She hasn't even fully developed her, her frontal cortex to know what her personality is going to end up being. That's not going to come until she's around 26, 27 years old. And so she's got some issues. She has some trauma scars that she has to deal with. And amongst all of that, for her to be able to be independent, a lot of normal children are not independent at 22 years old.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, no. (laughs) Some
0: are not independent going into their 30s. And so
1: exactly, (laughs) I understand
0: that she probably... It it doesn't surprise me that she was still, still living with the mans at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked. I'd be more impressed that she was able to get out of that. And if she is indeed living with friends and good for her. I'm just saying that there's been a lot of talk about, oh, she's a sociopath. I don't know if she's a sociopath. She's never been diagnosed with that. The only mental deficiency mm-hmm. that she's ever been accused of having. Um, is RAD, you know, which was basically the thing that prevented her from bonding mm-hmm. with people, her adoptive parents, because of her fears of not being able to attach or being discarded or, or whatnot. And so, again, mm-hmm. I'm not litigating and I'm not looking at this case trying to look for her culpability and all of this because the bottom line is um, it's unequivocal to me that uh, she was a child and she was failed as a child by the adults that were charged to care for her and because of that, her life has been necessarily affected. So whatever she has coming to her, whatever she has or whatever she could gain from this case, whether it be through civil litigation, whether it be through government assistance or if she starts fund GoFundMe or if she's able to uh, get money from this documentary then all the power to her. It's the least that the universe could provide, uh, given uh, the amalgamation of S that she's had to go through um, for the entirety of her life. And that's my closing statement um with uh episode two anyway and and really on this narrative that Natalia was in any way at at fault with any of this, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I have bad kids too i mean i have there there was there was one if you remember one of the children from the man's came in and said that hey one time one time uh Natalia bit me it hurt mm-hmm. Did you know that both of my children, my youngest, my my two younger children, were kicked out of preschools for the same thing Oh, because they were biting children because somebody took their toy. And then they as a response, as a defense mechanism, they bit the s out of that other kid. And um, it happened on more than one occasion. And therefore, uh, my uh, Olivia was kicked out of preschool and then uh, Avalyn was kicked out of preschool for the same reason. (laughs) <laughs> Kids do stuff like that, man, um, yes, yes, they do. regardless of uh, whatever special needs you want to throw You're out. You don't have to be a, exactly you don't have to be a sociopath to bite another kid or to cause harm to another kid mm-hmm. or to act out in defiance of authority. It's just not it is not exclusive to children with special needs. And that's what I have to say about Natalia. And so I'm just not interested in this conversation about Natalia's culpability in all of this. Um, I want the Barnetts to answer for what they did to her, uh, for the years mm-hmm. that they were in her charge. And if you know Christine came up with some ridiculous statement, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but she came up with some re- some statement about uh, the 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 documentary was highly sensationalized, and um, Natalia is very good at garnering sympathy. Um, For herself. I think that any time a child uh, goes through what Natalia went through is going to um, Encompass a lot of sympathy regardless of their skill level for attracting Mm -hmm. uh, Sympathy and so we'll talk about Christine's statement. We're running short on time I'm like two and two hours 12 minutes in Um, I don't know what the final (laughs) edited show is gonna look like. I think we're probably gonna have to split this into two Uh, episode Mm 1 and episode 2 but um, for our purposes uh, we're going to be analyzing episodes 3 and 4 next week Um, hopefully next week Ileana will be in studio with us Mm -hmm. with new producer Dominic Dominic is on his second show Um, and uh, if you read the comments from our show from last week which did really well by the way Um, but a lot of people had a lot to say about the audio like hey your audio sucks and i'm like yeah dominic (laughs) so that wasn't dominic's fault it was a we had a faulty piece of equipment that we fixed um but i suspect we're not going to be having any of those issues um this week and if we do then um i bet dominic is going to edit what i just said out of the show (laughs) but um Yeah. So next week, hopefully we have everybody in studio and we're, but we're going to be talking about episodes three and four. Um, this was our summary, um, of what happened in episodes one and two, um, specifically next week, they're going to get into further um, details about the abuse that Natalia had endured. We're going to get into some more allegations and things that Christine did not just to uh, Natalia, but to Michael himself. Um, and we're going to talk about all of it next week. Um, Eliana, did you have anything to add uh, to our, did you know that we have over 2,500 subscribers now?
1: I just learned that today. <laughs> well,
0: the last time you were on our show, I think we had, um, I don't remember. I think it was like 1,500, but we've, our subscribership has shot up. And um, we are quickly racing to 10,000 subscribers. That's our new goal. That's the number we're going to hit. So if you're listening to this for the first time, you're going to want to stick around with us because we're going to be doing this every week. Um, Myself and Eliana and producer Dominic, we have a lot of content to put out there. And we have a new TikTok channel um, that just literally started producing content as of uh, like six days ago. So if you haven't already subscribed to that, I'm going to figure out the, the Instagram thing. I thought I had it set up. I screwed it up. I don't know what I did but I'm going to let Dominic handle that one as well. Um, But get subscribed to our Instagram, get subscribed to our TikTok, um, and by all means, do do not forget to like and subscribe to this channel uh, because not only are we going to conclude the story about Natalia Grace, but I think that I have designs on talking about what just happened in the Gypsy Rose case. That young lady was just released from prison recently. If you recall, she was the young lady... Mm -hmm. Um, that was a victim of Munchausen by proxy, Munchausen. Mm-hmm. um, who along with her adolescent boyfriend murdered her mother in cold blood. We're going to talk all about that case, but that's later. Um, our immediate mm-hmm. episodes are going to finish up our examination of Natalia Grace. And that's where we're headed with this. And if, uh, as always, um, leave comments down below on this video. Um, I read all of them and I try to interact as best as I can. Um, I'm very curious about your guys' thoughts, and I have a pretty good idea from the summary last week, but I want to know about what you thought about what we talked about today, specifically about the scientific evidence. If you guys have more insight about how all of that works and and your interpretations, I'm very happy to uh, examine it. Um, What are your thoughts about Michael? Somebody had asked me if, um, because I had mentioned that Michael, I thought that he was gay, and I was like... uh, Are you trying to say that like as as like a a knock on him? It's like, no, not at all. I think that if Mm -hmm. he's genuinely homosexual and um, he's in this abusive relationship with Christine, it looks to me like she's using that against him as a way to humiliate him. It's playing into the abuse. It was not like to, you know, to disparage him in any way. I just suspect that that might be the case based on his mannerisms and the things that he's uh, uh, exhibited Mm -hmm. on the show. Um, if it's not the case, then it's not, but it looks that way. Um, but you know, we'll talk more about that in episodes three and four. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and thank you so much for bringing us over 2,500 subscribers. I think that we should set a benchmark that if we get to 10,000 subscribers, uh, that we're going to have to make Ileana dye her hair purple or something. What? Would it, yeah. No. Nope, oh. nope. Nope. I said it. <laughs> no. I said it. It's done. No. <laughs> no, we'll figure out something. I didn't didn't agree, I I think it was implied consent the way that she answered that first. No, it's fine, we're not gonna, but we'll figure out some kind of crazy thing to do. But, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. I've been going on way too long with all of this, and we will see you guys all next week. Bye bye. Thank you all for listening to the entire podcast, we really do appreciate that. And as always, you can find us on YouTube on the Tilted Lawyer Podcast YouTube channel or on your podcast carrier of choice. If you feel we've presented anything of value, please leave a five-star rating, like, and subscribe. We always appreciate that kind of thing. And we do look forward to seeing you all again live every Thursday at 3 in the afternoon. We love you all. Take care. Bye-bye.